The wait is over. Is over. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. All right, everyone, welcome to The Binge Buster Show. It is uh, the end of the month. We blew through February and we have survived. Uh, and, uh, I'm excited about this week's show. I've got a major announcement. If you have been following the Facebook page, all you, uh, Jim Crockett, hardcore Jim Crockett fans, I have got an announcement for you that is going to blow you away. Uh, so you got to stay tuned for that. That'll be coming up later on in the show. Uh, but right now without any further ado, I'm going to bring on my co-host. I am talking about Chris Plano. Chris, what is going on? Boy, terrific, Tony. It's great to be back. I can't believe we're in the last week of February here. March is right around the corner, and we're kicking it back to the mid-80s to 1985 tonight. One of my favorite times for professional wrestling, and uh, I'm excited about this week's show. Man, it's going to be great. People are, it's going to blow your mind. We're going to be talking, uh, of course, our main, uh, main discussion on this week's podcast is the AWA Super Show Super Clash one from 1985. Uh, and, uh, of course, here at the Binge Buster Show, we, we talk a lot of Jim Crockett stuff and we took a little break that I would, you know, last month we talked uh, world class this, this month we've touched on some of the AWA, um, and, uh, of course, here being a uh, Crockett uh, fan of myself, uh, this show is going to be good because not only are we doing AWA, but we got some Jim Crockett promotions and some World Class and some Japan all mixed in this one show. But uh, we'll be getting that a little bit later on. Uh, this week, uh, our, our other co-host, Jeff, is not with us. Uh, he is working on a project for the Binge Buster show, so... Uh, stay tuned for that. That'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks or so. But um, this week, uh, Chris, uh, matter of fact, today, uh, Governor Cooper here in North Carolina has uh, made an announcement and uh, has decided to start opening up North Carolina a little bit. Uh, what does that say for us? Well, that says, Chris, we can now go to the bar and drink till 11 p.m. Uh, <laughs> and we can uh, be at some of the venues 50% capacity. And I'm seeing, Chris, a lot of music, a lot of wrestling shows that are popping up on advertisements on social media. Uh, what are your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Governor Cooper uh, came on uh, this afternoon with Dr. Mandy Cohen, our, our, our state uh, doctor, at 2 p.m. And yeah, they're easing restrictions, as in parentheses, we'll <laughs> put that. And uh, they are going to move the alcohol sales to 11 o'clock. And he lifted the um, overnight curfew as well and increased both uh, indoor uh, and outdoor capacity limits. And it looks like, uh, yeah, 50% capacity for uh, restaurants and 30% for bars and and even sports now and arenas could be up to uh, 15% capacity. And um, so that's great for sports, potential concerts, um, you know, and just everything. So we are starting to ease the restrictions a little bit. The vaccine is being rolled out here. I believe they said we're over a million 
individuals have received the vaccine. And uh, um, um, today, uh, teachers, uh, both uh, pre-K through 12, were eligible for vaccines and, and even frontline workers as well as the staff end. And then March 10th, uh, another huge wave is going to come through who can get the vaccine. And that's just going to keep going month after month. And, um, hey, they're going to give it a shot. They're rolling the dice a little bit. And uh, with the weather warming up and, you know, we're one year into this thing almost. So let's hope this is the right choices that they're making and people still abide by the three W's. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's going to be great. And, uh, you know, Chris, you mentioned there uh, some of the teachers and frontline workers, uh million people now have been vaccinated here and uh uh with the vaccine and uh yours truly <laughs> i got mine today uh as everyone <laughs> may or may not know you know I, i'm not just a uh, professional podcaster i'm not just a professional wrestler i'm not just a professional bullcrapper but but uh i do work within the school system uh as, as my real job and uh i was able to um you know i got the email today said hey uh, we got an extra vaccine if you want to come come on down. So I fired up the old sports car and uh, made the trip, uh, you know, across town and uh, got in line and got my uh, got my first uh, vaccine. And then I'll be getting the, the second one here in the next uh, uh, 30 days. So, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of mixed thoughts, a lot of mixed feelings. Uh, I know across the across the board. Uh, concerning this vaccine even myself you know i was like you know i was kind of reluctant to uh to, to you know to take it not not that i was scared of anything or them tracking me after giving me the shot but just the fact of uh it was something new you know and uh and you know and and you you're always concerned when a new uh, vaccine or a new medication comes out um but right now i feel great uh i've got the i got the vaccine uh about 1 p.m today and uh Right now, as we're recording this podcast, it's about 10 o'clock at night on Wednesday um, uh, here in uh, North Carolina on uh, February the 24th. And uh, I feel great, Chris. I mean, um, I, I didn't, hey. you know, after after the shot, you know, I didn't feel no different. I didn't, you know, I wasn't sick or you know, feel anything. So, uh, but I will keep the Binge Buster listeners um, out there updated. Uh, next week's show, I'll let you know if I had any uh any side effects to it, but right now I feel great. I, I, I think I'm good to go. And, and that, that's what it's all about, Tony. And, and, you know, kudos to you for getting the shot earlier. You know, I'm going to be getting in line, getting the shot as well. You know, just like, you know, you are, I'm in the educational system working with kids every day and just other people. And, and at the end of the day, it's the right thing to do. And, you know, without getting political on here and, and, and everything else it, for me, it's the right thing. It's something I want to do and, and to say, Hey, I did it. And I want to protect not just myself, but to protect others around me as well, because, you know, I think, you know, the reality is going to be that there is going to be a percentage of people in this country, unfortunately, that are not going to take the shot or refuse to take the shot or for whatever their beliefs or, or viewpoints are. So, we got to protect everyone and and it begins with the individual. When you look in the mirror, when you wake up every morning. So that's the way I'm looking at it and, you know, and, and, and go from there and try to do the right thing. Yeah, that's me. And, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I've, I've talked about this a lot on my show. Uh, you know, I have a six year old, 
Uh, and I just, you know, I want to think about him and uh, any, anybody that follows my page, they, they see I travel a lot. I'm doing, I'm doing constantly on the go with my, with my son. And uh, so I just, you know, I thought, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm being given this opportunity um, to come and get this for free. I didn't have to pay anything. It was nothing on my insurance, nothing, uh, completely 100% free. So I said, hey, um, why not? So uh, anyway, like I said, fans, I'll keep you updated on my uh, on my side effects, if any, of the COVID-19 um, uh, vaccination. Now, getting on to um, the major announcement. This is it, fans. Okay. So all you Jim Crockett fans out there, that uh, are diehard Crockett fans. Now, um, some of you younger, you, you, some of your younger kids out there may not remember this, may not know this, but let me tell you something. In 1984, uh, one of the hottest feuds. Uh, well, it, it ran from 83 all the way through um, 86, or in the, or actually probably 87. But uh, to my knowledge, Chris, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right on this. The longest running feud during the NWA Crockett promotions and probably in wrestling in general was the feud between uh, my good friend and Chris's good friend, uh, Jimmy, the boogie woogie man value and Mr. Number one, Paul Jones. They, they started that, that feud started when Paul Jones and the assassins cut off uh, Jimmy Vatch trademark beard. And from there, they, they done everything imaginable to make this feud just keep just, just when you thought it was over, man, they they turned the page and a whole new chapter started, um, and they they done everything you could think of uh, as far as gimmick matches go. Like I said, they uh, did the beard, uh, cut off Jimmy Vatt's beard. They uh, Jimmy Vatt lost the match. He had to leave town. He came back uh, as uh, Charlie Brown. And uh, from out of town, Daddy, and uh, end up winning the NWA Mid Atlantic Television title as Charlie Brown. But uh, I'm excited because the NAWA, one of my favorite wrestling promotions to work for, um, they're you know they're they're one of the few wrestling promotions here in North Carolina that have been running pretty well through the whole pandemic. Uh, and they have a little venue there in Lincolnton, North Carolina, where they can go in and, and have these shows and a few fans can actually come in and watch a live wrestling event. Um, so they're in for a treat cause on Saturday, March the 13th, uh, in Lincolnton, North Carolina, uh, you're going to see an action for the first time since 1984, Although it is a new uh, a new addition, but it is the original baby. I'm talking about the Charlie Brown returns to to wrestling uh, after 1984. This I'm, I'm telling you, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm, I wish I was in there in this match, man. I, I really do. Uh, but the it's going to be a six man tag team uh, grudge match. Uh, AJ Frost and the interns who are the current, the in, the interns are currently the NAWA tag team champions. Um, they are teaming up together to take on the moonshine express and the moonshine express have gotten no another than hillbilly Charlie Brown. That's right. Charlie Brown from 1984 is now known as hillbilly Charlie Brown. And he is coming 
to the NAWA um, to take on these guys. Man, Chris, I'm excited. I know right before we went on air, you and I Ooh. talked about this, and I think you and I both are going to come to this show just to see Charlie Brown in action, man. <laughs> Boy, I, that, that is huge news. I mean, Charlie Brown coming out next month in, in Lincolnton, North Carolina, the NAWA, hats off to those guys, and they're doing great things, and, and they're going to rock and roll it. An afternoon matinee show on a Saturday, I love it. Come get your wrestling fix, and uh, I think Charlie Brown might have something up his sleeve for these guys. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but um, it, it's going to be great to see, and uh, um, and even a chance to even see Jimmy Valiant as as well, and uh, and and some of the others that'll uh, that'll be there. But um, you know, I'm excited, and you know, these guys have. Uh, like you said, they they muddled through this pandemic and they're still doing shows and they're keeping their head above water and doing what they have to do. And at the end of the day, it's, it's all about pleasing the wrestling fans and, and having a good time. So uh, looking forward to a big news, Charlie Brown. This is going to be historic. I mean, he may never, ever put the, put the suit on again after, after this March. So you, you never know. This could be the very last time. Right, exactly. And and here is another Binge Buster exclusive, fans. You're going to love this. We're going to go to a little break, a little commercial from the NAWA. And when I come back, I have got a special announcement, a special word exclusive here on the Binge Buster show from Charlie Brown himself. So, fans, that's coming up next here on the Binge Buster show. The NAWA Luck of the Draw comes to Lincolnton, North Carolina on Saturday, March the 13th at 634 Center Drive in Lincolnton, North Carolina, bell time, 2 p.m. See the Luck of the Draw, 12 men, six teams, one winner. The winner will receive $2,500. Also, see special appearance by WWE Hall of Famer, Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant. Also in action, six-man tag team, A.J. Frost and the interns taking on Hillbilly Charlie Brown and the Moonshine Express. Also featuring a lights-out match, Johnny Ryder taking on Thomas Extreme. That's Saturday, March the 13th, bell time, 2 p.m. at 634 Center Drive in Lincolnton, North Carolina. See all the stars of the NAWA as they fight to win the $2,500. Luck of the draw. See in action. Axel Jaggers, Max Carnage, Adam James, the Burke County Boys, Chris Thunder Anderson, and many more of the stars of the NAWA. That's the luck of the draw. Saturday, March 13th. Bell time, 2 p.m. Be there. All right, fans, welcome back to the Binge Buster Show. Uh, and as promised, here it is, straight from downtown, out of town. Here is Hillbilly Charlie Brown. H.J. Frost and the interns, I hear you're running rough shot over the Moonshine Express. They're cool, people. I'll tell you why. 
the Moonshine Express is cool because I met him in jail. Charlie Brown will be there and take care of business in Lincolnton. Be there yourself or you're a square. I'm coming from out of town. Oh, yeah. All right, fans. There it was. Straight from out of town. Charlie Brown. Chris, what are... Well, man, hey, I tell you what. Uh, the NAWA, they know how to pull all the surprises out. And, and man, this one's got to be the biggest one of all. Never in the wildest dreams would I ever thought I'd ever see Charlie Brown again. No, absolutely not. And I'm going to tell you right now, Charlie Brown's ready for this match <laughs> on, on March 13th. He's, he, he's ready like it's taking place tomorrow. And uh, it, that, that place is going to be on fire for a Saturday afternoon. I can't wait. It's going to be a great time. And, uh, you know, see Charlie Brown, see Boogie, get to see all the stars, the NAWA. And listen, those guys, they're working hard. Every single day, they're working hard, putting their 110% in the ring, chasing their dreams one day to be possibly in the WWE or AEW or TNA Impact Wrestling, and the list goes on and on. Come on out, some great wrestling action. You can't beat for the price. Great family entertainment, great value. You'll have a great time for a few hours on a Saturday afternoon and they will be practicing all that social distancing stuff and all the COVID stuff, but it's a great time to get out on a Saturday in March and, and have a good time. And, and you know, one of the things that I was told by the NAWA promoters is, uh, you're right, Chris, they, they are practicing strict social distancing, um, but not only that, uh, tickets are very limited. It's not going to be, you know, a, a packed, sold out, you know, 2,000, 3,000 people. Um, it's just very few. I believe it's limited to 50 people. Um, and here's the great thing. It might be limited to 50 people, but the prices are still affordable for you to bring your family out. Uh, tickets are only $10. Uh, but masks are required for everyone who enters the building. And, and I'm, and some of you fans out there, when I say mask, I'm not talking about coming out wearing your favorite, uh, golden gladiator mask or your intern mask. Uh, I'm talking about a, a, a mask to cover your, your, your face, or your, I'm sorry, your nose and your mouth to keep from spreading the germs. Um, but seriously, fans, come on out, buy your tickets, $10, uh, it's going to be at 634 Center Drive, Lincolnton, North Carolina. Uh, doors open up at 1 p.m. Bell time is 2 p.m. Uh, card is subject to change without notice. But, hey, if it changes, it can only get better because the NAWA, man, they really know how to uh, sign and make it possible uh, to bring you the best uh, in family entertainment. Uh, they are old school and uh, it, do, it don't get much better than NAWA. So do yourself a favor, pack up the kids, pack up the grandmas, grandpas, uh, ex-wives, who cares? Bring them all and come see the NAWA. And, hey, uh, if you see Chris and myself there, come on by, take a picture. We'll put you on our Facebook page. Uh, and uh, any wrestlers there uh, that want to be on the show, come over and talk to Chris and I, and we'll make it possible. Now, Chris, getting to our – 
uh, our main event, so to speak, of this podcast. We're talking uh, in, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting confused, AWA Super Clash uh, 1985. Uh, this, this event took place on uh, se- September the 28th, 1985 in Chicago, Illinois at Comiskey Park with an atten- attendance of 20,347 people. Uh, and it was uh, jam-packed. Uh, some really good shows or really good matches from start to finish. Uh, and Chris, as we get into this, Super Clash was um, it was promoted by the AWA. Uh, it was billed as AWA's flagship supercar. They were trying to have something the same way that WWE had uh, WrestleMania and the NWA had Starcade. So this was AWA's version of their big supercard. Uh, the difference, though, that I, I have to commend AWA that I liked was where when you went to the, if you watch WrestleMania, it was strictly WWF guys, and when you seen Starcade, it was strictly NWA guys. Here, uh, we've got the best of the best. We've got AWA, NWA, world class, uh, uh, and uh, of course IWA. Um, and of course, they they had an array of of stars on this show. Uh, and starting out, we had our opening match: uh, Mister Electricity, Steve Regal, uh, taking on Brad Ringens uh, for the AWA World Light Heavyweight Championship. This match goes eighteen. I'm sorry, eight minutes, fifteen seconds. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on Super Clash? I mean. You know, Tony, you pretty much hit it on the head. This was definitely a, a cross-promotional show. Um, you know, pulling guys from the you know from the WWF that were not in the WWF anymore, and obviously the NWA, the AWA, the IWA. You had guys from Japan on this show. When I counted, Tony, there were forty wrestlers on this show. Yeah, forty wrestlers, a couple of managers, and like two or three referees. <laughs> they gotta have a battle royal on the show, man. And, uh, and not, only, not only that, Chris, but they had they had women wrestlers, they had midgets, and <laughs> and, and, and you know, and I'm and I'm not being you know uh, politically incorrect on that. That's that's what they called it back then. Uh, but little people's match, okay. But uh, but 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 they had it all, and uh, and 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 they had um, they basically had the the last four matches on this card could have been main event anywhere in the country you know right. and 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 i think even though uh of course we'll get into it a little bit later on but uh with the in 1985 people you got to understand the road warriors were when i say over is not even the word for it so those people that came to see super clash they really came to see the road warriors right chris yeah oh ab- absolutely i mean you know, interesting that this show was done in Chicago, Illinois, um, in Comiskey Park, and out an outdoor uh, Major League Baseball stadium for the Chicago White Sox. Um, actually, at that time, the old Comiskey Park they have been, they built the new one um, since then. You know, twenty twenty one thousand fans. Um, you know, this was an interesting time. It, it was about five to six months after WrestleMania number one with the mm-hmm. WWF. You got Crockett coming off of the Great American Bash 
in 85, I would believe at this time through through the summer Mm -hmm. of 85. So it was an interesting placement for this card to take place in late September of 85 because wrestling was really exploding at this time. Um, my only exposure to the AWA at this time, you know, me being a, a 14, well, I was 14 years old at this time was just watching it on ESPN once a week. So that was my only real exposure to the AWA, you know, overall, but you know, I think they were just capitalizing also just on the popularity of wrestling at this point, but this card was loaded with talent top to bottom and a lot of international talent as well. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, and what I liked about this, this card was the fact that, uh, as a fan, uh, you, you know, an average person living in a certain area, like, like if you lived in the, in the AWA area, you were only seeing AWA guys. Now you're at a, at a show where you're seeing guys from Jim Crockett promotions, world-class championship wrestling, uh, and, and of course the AWA and, uh, man, it, it was exciting time. And I, and I was like, wow, this, this is cool. And, uh, I remember as a kid going, you know, and, you know, back then I didn't understand the business, but I thought, how cool would it be if, you know, wrestlers could just go all over and, and have, have, you know, work on shows like this where, you know, I could, I could go to the Greensboro Coliseum and see guys from the AWA and, uh, world-class and, you know, that that would have been really cool to be able to do that. And uh here uh Vern Gagne uh put that together and uh he had that thought process and and I and I think it was good and at the time uh you know he in, in nineteen eighty five the AWA they they had some great talent like Kurt Henning and Scott Hall and Larry Zabisco and Nick Bockwinkle, um the Crusher um let's see uh, they had Sherry Martell because she was just really getting started in nineteen eighty five uh, and of course, they had the the number one draw in wrestling, uh, the Road Warriors and the Fabulous Freebirds. They were all there, so uh, it was really good. Uh, and this first match uh, for the AWA World Light Heavyweight Title, uh, it goes eight minutes fifteen seconds with uh, Mister Electricity Steve Regal, uh, you know, taking the win and and keeping the title. But one of the uh, tag teams here in the AWA during this time that I really liked was Mr. Electricity, Steve Regal, and gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. You know, they, they had that ZZ Top-type, sharp-dressed man gimmick going on, uh, and it was cool. Um, but uh, here, they're they're split up, and uh, Steve Regal, uh, you know, they, they, they basically had just lost the World Tag Team titles to the Road Warriors, uh, and the Road Warriors were off and running. Now, uh, our next match on this uh, card is for the AWA World Women's title, uh, like was, I said earlier, Shirley, Sherry Martell uh, was taking on the AWA Women's Champion Candy Devine, uh, and Sherry uh, upsets her and wins the title in 11 minutes 45 seconds. Chris, um, you know, looking back over the years of all the female wrestlers of the 80s, uh, man, I'd have to say Sherry Martell was absolutely the toughest, wouldn't you say? Oh yes, absolutely. I mean, without a doubt. I mean. You know, came up through the ranks and, you know, did very well for herself, both, both as a, as a wrestler and a, and a manager as well. So, um, you know, and I actually, you know, I actually, you know, for me, 
I actually liked Candy Divine a little bit. She had that 80s look to her. Yeah. Um, and again, my only real exposure to her was through the monthly magazines, whether it be The Wrestler or Pro Wrestling Illustrated. You know, the list goes on and on with the monthly magazines or seeing the AWA once a week on television. Um, you know, but again, this particular card had a little bit of everything on it. We had, they had a woman's match. They had the midgets match. Gosh, Tony, they, they had three six-man tag team matches on this show, which is unheard of in, 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 in any day and age. But, I mean, but yes, Jerry Martel, uh, you know, one of the toughest in the, in the business, absolutely. Yeah, I, I really like I really liked Sherry. She was uh she was so cool. Uh the you know the, and and from from the stories I heard, she was as tough as most of the guys if not tougher. I mean, she uh she she really put in the work uh to uh you know to make a great name for herself. Now, moving on, um now we're going into a IWA heavyweight championship match. Uh Mill Mascaras taking on uh Freebird Buddy Roberts. This match will go six minutes, 57 seconds with uh, Mill Mascaris uh, taking the win. Now, in 1985, Mill Mascaris was the most popular um, uh, Mexican wrestler. Uh, I mean, he had uh, thousands of different mask designs, uh, and he was a, uh, a draw. Uh, Chris, did, were, were, you, were you ever able to ever see any of his matches? Oh, uh- any any luchador wrestler of the recent past or today or just anywhere in the business owes a paycheck to Mio Mascaris. He yeah. was a trendsetter to the Lucha Libre wrestling uh, of today. The Mexican wrestlers for today, he opened up a lot of doors for guys. Mio Mascaris, um, yes, I did get exposure to him through cable television when it came out, and he was just a mysterious wrestler, uh, what was it, a man of what a thousand holes? I mean, I believe is yeah. sometimes they, they, they said he was in or over a thousand holes. And, you know, I don't think he ever had one match that was ever the same. No, and I don't think so. Either. It, it, and, and, and he just had that, that Aurora around him that, you know, his technical ability in the ring complemented just, you know, the character that he was. And, uh, you know, I mean, he always had my attention and, uh, you know, he was just a man. You never know what was going to come in, come next with him. And, uh, um, and a, just a great, great performer. I mean, and I think if you talk to guys like, you know, Ray Mysterio or, um, the Guerreros or, you know, or, or you know, the list goes on and on with the, with the Lucha wrestlers, I think they would all say, you know, they always turn to Mil Mascaris as, one of the trendsetters, you know, in the wrestling business in in that era. Yeah, yeah, um, without a doubt. I mean, he uh, he 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 was an awesome competitor, uh, and uh, I definitely like like watching him you know watching him perform in the ring. Now we're going into a AWA uh, six man uh, super uh, six man tag challenge match. Um, Greg Gagne, Scott Hall, and Kurt Henning taking on. Ray Stevens, Nick Bockwinkle, and Larry Zabisco. Uh, this match goes 12 minutes, 30 seconds. And I, yeah, man, you know, looking at this match back then, I never would have thought that Kurt Henning and Scott Hall would have became the biggest stars uh, as they did. Um, 
you know, because during this time, I I thought I thought they they were stars, but man, I had no idea that just in a couple of years after this, uh, they would just explode. Uh, and of course, Larry Zabisco too. I mean, Zabisco back then, man, he was like the heels heel, um, uh, and Ray Stevens, of course, as well, and Nick Bockwinkle, Nick Bockwinkle, former AWA World Champion, that as is Larry Zabisco and Kurt Henning. Uh, Chris, what what are your thoughts on on these these six guys? I mean, you've got, you know, you've got kind of, you know, you got the old veterans in there in the ring, and and you've got young talent in 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 the ring. I mean, when you, I mean, Stevens and Bachwinkle at this time, I would say, oh, I, I, I mean, I'm terrible with age, but I mean, they had to be, you know, somewhat up there a little bit, I would say, age wise. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Zabisco, you know, but then you had Henning and Scott Hall. And, you know, I mean, Scott Hall went on to the WWF, you, you, you know, from here with as Razor Ramon, and, and, and the, it goes on and on, and, and Kurt Henning with Mr. Perfect, and, and, and Ganya, you know, you know, putting himself in the six-man tag. This is the first of three six-man tag team matches in this uh, particular uh, event. Um, you know, I... I, I <laughs> You got it's it's an interesting match. I mean, just I don't know what the storyline was leading up to this. You know, in in my reading of this show before we came on the air tonight, I did read how the NWA matches were much more stronger storyline coming into this show than the AWA. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, obviously Crockett coming off of the Great American Bashes and, and all that stuff, but. You know, I don't know. I think this is just a, 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 it's a mix of a great, a lot of great talent in in the ring at one time. Um, A storyline, I don't think there's much of a storyline long term with this particular match other than it was on the card. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, you know, it, 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 it was, it was a great, it was, it was, it was a good, good match. It gave, uh, the fans a uh, chance to see six of AWA's top guys at the time, uh, which I think is is the is the reason behind this one. Now our next match is for the uh, and like like I said, fans, I wasn't being politically incorrect. In 1985, it was called the NWA World's Midget Championship. Uh, the champion <laughs> Little Tokyo taking on Little T. Uh, this match will go six minutes fifty four seconds with Little Tokyo. Um, you know, defeating and retaining his uh his championship. Uh, now we go to a six man, another six man, uh, for the Asian six man tag team titles. Uh, Jumbo Saruta, Giant Baba, and Tenru taking on Harley Race and the Long Riders, Bill Irwin and Scott Irwin. Um, all I can say this one, Chris. That, that was that was six guys that probably beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this definitely was the you know Japan flavored match of the show. I mean, this was the international you, you know aurora that they were trying to probably bring into this show. Giant Baba, obviously. Um, you you got two NWA world champions or former world champions at this time. Uh, in this particular match <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, again, second of three 
six man tags. Um, you know, I just kind of wonder, you know, when I look at the show and the lineup, like in 1985, and I know race, it's a Harley race buried in a six man tag. I, I don't know. I mean, again, I kind of get it in a way, but it's kind of like, could he have been used elsewhere in the show? I don't know. Um, but again, if you're a fan, it's an attraction. You got to see, you know, these guys, um, you know, especially on the Japan side, these guys <laughs> only came here a handful of times. So for those people to see them in 1985 in Chicago, you know, was a treat on really was a one-off kind of appearance. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, man, I, I would love to have, have, you know, witnessed this match, uh, first off, uh, and this next match we're going about to talk about, I would love to have saw this match too live. Um, this match was for the world-class championship wrestling, Texas heavyweight title. Uh, the champion, the modern day warrior, Kerry Von Erich taking on gorgeous Jimmy Garvin with precious. This match will go six minutes, 54 seconds with, uh, Von Erich retaining the Texas heavyweight title. Um, and, uh, and after this, I believe, uh, Jimmy Garvin, uh, left AWA and went to Texas, uh, actually, I think during this time he was kind of bouncing back and forth. He would work Texas for a while, then back to AWA and back to Texas. Uh, and then in 1986, he would come to Jim Crockett Promotions and uh, get that worldwide exposure from WTBS. But here he's taking on Kerry Von Erich. Uh, what are your thoughts on this match, Chris? I, I love it. And, and, and reading the reviews that the, that the crowd was popping for this match. Yes. That Garvin was the perfect heel for this show. Coming down with Precious, spraying the hair, you know, <laughs> the air freshener, you know, down to the ring, whatever she was doing, and um, you know, and, and then Carrie Von Eric. I mean, you know, you know, and, and, and when I look at this show and what Vern Gagne was trying to, I mean, I think Vern Gagne was trying to do what you know what Fritz Von Eric was doing in Dallas, their big show at, at Texas Stadium. You know, this was the AWA's kind of big show yeah you know and and, and you know it it, it kind of parallels that but no and carrie von eric w- w- was over i mean and and a testament to a nod to world class to, to 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 get a match on this particular show and and just how workers were going to other territories to yeah you know defend notable titles yeah for sure and uh and then our, our next match on this one uh, is 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 pretty awesome too, uh, as uh, they put together a Russian team. So we got Crusher Khrushchev, Ivan Koloff, and the Kia Koloff uh, taking on uh, the uh, Crusher, Dick the Bruiser, and Baron Von Raschke. Uh, this match was for the NWA World Six Man Tag Team Titles. Eight minutes fifty four seconds, and man, the Russian team—they held that six man tag team titles for a very long time. Uh, I think they only lost them to Dusty and the Road Warriors, and then after that, they pretty much folded the six man ti- uh, six man titles. Um, but uh, what a team, man! I, I know we'll, we'll talk more about this later on uh, in in the upcoming weeks, but because uh, we'll, we'll start talking some factions here in the next few weeks. But man. You, you can't forget 1985 
to be listen you young kids out here listen to this now terrific tony and chris is going to give you a history lesson in 1985 if you came out as a wrestler and said hey i'm russian you 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 were you were that most hated wrestler that could be in the world because with, with all the political stuff going on you know with 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 nokel gorbachev uh man to come out and call yourself a russian for one it took a lot a lot of guts and for two instant heat you know i mean the, the koloffs and crusher khrushchev man those guys were in 1985 and 84 they were the most hated guys in the in jim crockett promotions absolutely i mean they had the perfect angle at the perfect time in the 80s you know, U.S. And, and, and Russia, the USSR, was definitely at odds during the Reagan administration, and wrestling played off of it. Yeah. And wrestling made money off of it. Dude, I, I can um, I can remember. I'm sorry, because I wasn't trying to take your – but no. uh, I can remember so many times, man, going to a, um, a Crockett show uh, and the Russians being out there. Like, I remember going and seeing uh, Ivan Koloff and uh, Don Kernodal taking on uh, Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood. And, dude, to hear the Greensboro Coliseum and everybody in there chanting, USA, 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 that that chant was uh, the only other thing that I've ever heard that came close to the USA chant was rock and roll. That, that right. USA and rock and roll were the two wrestling chants that even to this day gives me goosebumps when I think about it. Um, it was, it was, man, Chris, boy, kids don't understand today to grow up and be a wrestling fan in the eighties and nineties. Uh, there was, there was nothing and there never will be anything like it. No, absolutely not. No, you are absolutely right. And I'm not going to, one thing I do want to say here, I am reading a stat here. The crusher was 60 years old in this match. Wow. And Dick the Bruiser was in his mid fifties. And still at this time. Um, yeah, they were killing it. It, it. it did say how Ivan I am reading Ivan carried the majority of the match, which was interesting. Yeah. Um because they were kind of saying if Nikita got in there, he might have cleaned it out. Oh, yeah. He, he would have killed him over there. I, I yeah. don't know. He might have held Nikita back. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. uh, they said Ivan, I think the brunt of the beat in I'm reading some of the. Uh, yeah, I'm sure stuff. of that one. Uh, <laughs> now, our next match was a body slam match for $10,000. It went nine minutes, 54 seconds. Uh, this one, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not feeling this match, but. We got Jerry Blackwell taking on Kamala, and Kamala's manager at the time was Sheik Adnan LKC. Um, and uh, this match, you know, a body slam match. I mean, yeah, uh, Blackwell was huge, but to put Kamala in there, uh, I, th- I guess at the time it worked, but now, you know, 20, 30 some years later, I look back and go, man. I love Kamala, but they 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 should have found somebody else and put in there like maybe Big John Stud or something like that, you know. Well, like I said to you at the beginning, bidding towards the beginning of the show, Tony. You know, there were forty wrestlers on this show. 
I think if there was one match you could have put a battle royal over your place with, it would have been this one. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to give away $10,000, you might as well throw all 30 guys in the ring and go for it. You know, right. I mean, yeah. the body slam match for 10000 Um, you know, were they trying to kind of emanate the, and I don't know if the storyline was even happening at this time in the WWF, were they trying to emanate the Andre Big John Stud type slam thing right. that was at that and time in WWF? Yeah. And they, I think they were doing it in, in 85. Yeah, they may even have been on, on WrestleMania um, or, or just to slam John Stud, you know. So this was kind of a, a copycat feel a little bit. Um, but again, with, you know, that's why I said you could have had a really a, a pretty good battle royal on this show. You don't need all 40 guys in there, but you go through 20, 25 guys and, you know, gave away 10 grand and yeah. probably would have been more entertaining for the fans. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's much of a storyline to this match at all. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm even surprised it even went 10 minutes, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah um, me too. But it did, um, and it was on the show. Again, just another thing to draw fans in that they're giving away, you know, 10,000, where in the mid-'80s back then, and even today, it was a good chunk of change. So Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, it, it worked. Mm -hmm. Now, this next match uh, should have been the main event on this card, without a doubt. But here we go. For the AWA World Tag Team titles, this was uh, th this match will go 14 minutes and 12 seconds. Uh, two of the hottest tag teams in the 1985, uh, the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, the AWA World Tag Team Champions, uh, taking on one of my favorite tag teams of all time, the Originals, the Fabulous Freebirds, Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy. Um, and what was cool about this, uh, Chris, was back then the Road Warriors painted their faces, and for the first time, man, the Freebirds came out with the Confederate flag uh, painted on their face because back in the 80s, you know, before the Confederate flag meant, you know, something bad like it does today, um, you know, this day and time, Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy, wouldn't, wouldn't, they uh, wouldn't even be able to wear those uh, Confederate flag uh, jackets out out their front door, much less in front of 20,000 people without, you know, being chastised. But, um, in 1985, the Freebirds came to the ring with their faces painted, uh, you know, with, a, with a Confederate flag. And, uh, when, when they were interviewed before and said, Hey, why are you guys painting your faces like this? And they said, the rowers paint their face and this is our, uh, our return or you know our our defense back to them show them you know if they if they can show their colors we can show ours, um, but this match went um, fourteen minutes twelve seconds with some of the best uh, spots that you'll ever see in a match, uh, and uh, man I, I I could talk about this match all night. One my absolute favorite on the card. Yeah, I, as I was reading about. This, I mean, they said the Road Warriors got the pop of the night. I mean, oh, obviously Chicago, um, you know, the free birds, you know, Michael Hayes would do his thing. Gordy, um, he, they probably could have won an hour if they wanted to, Yeah, <laughs> oh, they, you know, for sure. I'm sure they could have, um, at least 30 minutes if they really wanted to, but 
you know, uh, yeah. I mean, what, what, what else do you want? I mean, you're, you're, you're getting, you know, you're, you're, you got the AWA world tag team championships on the line. Freebirds very capable of winning it that evening and probably on any evening, mm-hmm. um, you know, against the road warriors, obviously the road warriors got out of there by DQ, but I mean, you know, uh, you know, they were the hottest tag team. What was good at that time? And, and then the yeah. Freebirds were just, I mean, God, I mean, they were coming off the world class run and I mean, just, it, it was a great, great match. I mean, what else, what else can you want? I mean, and then it was, it's a, it, you got four good workers in the ring. Yeah. And what I liked about the finish of this match was, uh, at the end of the day, uh, both teams left just as strong as they arrived. You know what I mean? Like, uh, right. With the with the finish, it wasn't like the Road Warriors killed the killed the Freebirds or the Freebirds killed the Road Warriors. Uh, you had a oh they they won them, but ah oh, the referee reversed decision because of the outside interference. Uh, right. So therefore, both teams still stayed just as strong, which was great. Now going on to our next match, nine minutes thirty four seconds um, for the AWA Americans Championship. He wasn't quite yet the American hero, G.I. Joe, but we got Sergeant Slaughter taking on Boris Zukov, uh, who Boris Zukov, a lot of you fans may not know this, but just a few years before this, uh, Boris, uh, who is actually from Roanoke, Virginia, uh, was Private Jim Nelson, uh, and he was a member of Sergeant Slaughter's team in Jim Crockett Promotions. Uh, so here they are, uh, fast forward a couple of years, and now Boris uh, or Jim Nelson has got a new persona, a new image, a new gimmick. He is now turned Russian, and he is Boris Zukov. And him and Sergeant Slaughter had quite the few there in AWA for the America's Championship. And uh, Sergeant Slaughter will uh, defeat and hold on to his America's title Nine minutes, 34 seconds. Chris, what are your thoughts on Sergeant Slaughter? I mean, you know, all my memories of the Sarge are from the WWF days. I mean, uh, um, you know, he did great things in wrestling, um, you know, uh, was loyal to Vince McMahon, um, you know, and, and was always a fan favorite. I mean, um, at least in my eyes, I know he had other, you know, gimmicks and runs along the way, but, uh, yeah, I mean the Sarge was the Sarge. I mean, what he going to do? You know, he was he was the, uh, the the you know the the hacksaw Jim Duggan of of, of his era to an extent. Yeah, um, sure. You, you know, and uh, um, you know, and my memories of him when he would come to Connecticut to to, to New Haven, Connecticut, or Hartford, Connecticut. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, you know, that was just the USA thing was in, and and, and Sarge drew off of that, even though he may not have been taken on the Russians or whatever. He just drew drew off of that USA. That that was just so in in the eighties. Yeah, and and it, it, it just worked then at that time. Just from politically, what was happening in the real world. So, yeah. you know, with, with the United States and everything. So, you know, and, and he he made good money at it as well. And uh, um, so I mean, I can't say anything bad about him. I mean, other than you know, he was always good to watch and. You know, he was never really a main eventer per se. I mean, you know, but he was always right there. Yeah. 
uh, and, and a super nice guy too. Uh, now our next match was uh semi main event on this card, which probably should have been the main event on the card, <laughs> but we got nature boy, Ric Flair, the NWA world heavyweight champion taking on the hottest baby face in 1985. Uh, the boss Magnum TA this match goes 19 minutes, 10 seconds and probably could have went 60. Uh, and you still wouldn't have been bored and you still would have been asking for more. Uh, this match uh, is it goes as Ric Flair is defending the title against Magnum TA. Magnum goes to uh, he goes to pin Flair with a cradle. Uh, Flair ends up reversing it into his own cradle and grabbing Magnum TA's tights uh, for the pinfall and to uh, retain the NWA World Title. Uh, this match right here was the start of the. Uh, Ric Flair, Magnum TA feud in 1985, and then they decided to uh, they're building it up, and then they decided to pull back on it a little bit, and then they put Magnum with uh, Nikita uh, to in hopes of having Magnum and Flair at Starcade '86. Although we know in uh, 1986, just about a year uh, to the day uh, that that this show took place, September 28th, it was September of 1986 when Magnum TA was involved in that horrific uh, car crash. Uh, Chris, not too far from your house and my house there in Charlotte. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, uh, the career was ended. Uh, but, man, his legacy lives on. And uh, to this day, Magnum TA is uh, actually uh, always been one of my favorite wrestlers. And I'll tell you a funny story, man. When I first started wrestling, first got into wrestling, uh the promoter's asking me, you know, what are you going to call yourself? What are you going to call yourself? So I don't know. I'm thinking Magnum TB. <laughs> he just looked at me for a minute because he thought I was he thought I was joking, but I was serious as a heart attack. I was going to be Magnum TB. Right. I had the mullet and everything, man. Uh, he says, I, I don't think that, that will go good. And I'm like, yeah, you're right because I don't have a mustache and uh, I don't have a big chest and I dang sure don't have the big arms. Uh, okay, I, I won't be Magnum TB. <laughs> so, but uh, I always thought I'd be Magnum TB. You know, as a little kid, because Magnum was always my favorite man. Uh, I love seeing him out there in those beautiful Austin Hall boots. And uh, man, it, it seemed like he 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 always beat guys really quick with that belly to belly. And uh, I've, I've heard our good friend George South, uh, you know, mention this many times that uh, he was excited every time that they put him in there. Uh, against Magnum because they he knew that he's gonna get beaten five seconds, but he still got paid the same. So that was that was a great deal. It's a great great deal for George. But uh, but Magnum was a super nice guy. I've, I've told other stories. You can go back to some of the other podcasts and listen about my experience meeting up with Magnum and uh, uh, and he was marking out over my Austin Hall boots as well. So great match there. Um, now we're into our main event uh, on Super Clash. This match, which is very sad. That we we go from a 19 minute NWA World Title match to a two minute uh, AWA match. Um, the champion Rick Martell taking on Stan the Lariat Hanson. Uh, this match goes into a double de- double DQ. Uh, in this match, uh, Rick Martell is defending the title. Uh, Hanson attacks Martell with a chair before the match, and then hitting with a chair again until the match finally started. Uh, Hanson and Martell uh, began uh, fighting 
are hitting each other with a chair, forcing the referee to end the match to a double DQ. Um, not really sure what Vergani was thinking there. Uh, you know, it, it, it almost had to be like, you know, a lot of the guys had to be going, what in the world did we just watch? Because Flair and Magnum just went out there and put on a clinic. Uh, and now Martell and Hanson just killed it with a uh, two-minute chair chair bash. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a little mind-boggling. Um, again, ultimately, it is the AWA Super Clash show. I get it. Yep. They want their World Heavyweight Championship last on the line. But what, what's the quality of the product? I mean, you know, you're right. The, I mean, the NW, you know, the, the, the two longest matches on the show pretty much had NWA guys in the Road Warriors match and, and Flair's match were the two longest matches on the show. Yeah. Time wise, per se. And then you get this match. If I'm a fan, where Martell fits in on all this, I mean, I just remember Rick Martell early in the day in the WWF, you know. Tag team with with Tony Gurria, yeah. young guy mm-hmm. coming up, you know, um, you know, and then he did a couple other gimmicks in the WWF uh, as as well to try to recreate his image years on. But I don't know. This was just like, I, I mean, I don't know if this was designed to go only two minutes and that was it, or just to get Martell out of there as the champion. Stan Hansen's a brawler. You know, not sure what even the storyline was here, if, if there even was one at, at this point, building up to this match. Um, you know, Flair and Magnum, <laughs> I see it all day. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, and again, it's just, it's interesting just, just to see a main event just go two and a half minutes. <laughs> That's, uh, right. You know, we see it that too often <laughs> for a heavyweight championship. Right, exactly. Uh, it's just one of those things, man. Uh, you know, it's, it it blows you away. But next week's podcast is gonna be it's gonna be better. We're uh, gonna be uh, again uh, doing one more Super Clash show, um, Super Clash Three fans next week on the podcast. And on that card, the main event uh, on that one. Was Jerry Lawler taking on, uh, it was the AWA champion, Jerry Lawler taking on World Class Wrestling Association, uh, heavyweight champion, Kerry Von Erich. As, as some of you fans know, uh, in the 80s, World Class Championship Wrestling was a part of the NWA. Uh, they decided to pull away from the NWA and start their own uh, promotion uh, under the World Class Wrestling Association banner. Uh, and of course, they crowned Kerry Von Erich as their world champion. So, on this Super Clash Three that we're going to be talking about next week, uh, again, it's loaded top to, top to bottom with a lot of uh, of great talent. Uh, but on this one, they're focusing mostly on uh, world class championship wrestling uh, talent and AWA talent. No NWA talent on this card, although. Uh, we will mention a lot of names that were very popular with Crockett Promotions, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll get more into that next week. Uh, Chris, do you have anything before we go off the air tonight? Man, Tony, this has been great. I mean, it's been a great hour uh, of talking with you here. We really covered a lot. I mean, this, you know, at the end of the day, 
this was a, uh, it was a good show for the AWA in Chicago, 21,000 fans. Um, you know, they were trying to do things. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to battle to keep up with the NWA and the WWF at that time. And they had some great talent on the show and it was a, and, it, and, it, and in a way it was kind of a novelty show in a way that would a show like this ever come back to Chicago again? Probably not, you know, or of this sort. So if you happen to be there, it was a great opportunity to see a lot of good talent in one night on one show. And for some of these guys, especially the international wrestlers might've been their only appearance in Chicago, Illinois. So, yep. you know, certainly a novelty and, you know, kudos for them drawing it. And, uh, um, you know, you know, at that time it worked and they brought in a good gate, obviously they had 20 some odd thousand people that evening. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was a, it was, it was, it was a great show. Uh, a lot of, like you said, talent from top to bottom. Uh, my opinion, uh, as, as we get into the super clash next week, I, I, I believe in my heart that super clash one was always will be the very best super clash that was ever, uh, promoted and ever, uh, you know, it, ever happened um a lot of you other fans might might think super clash 3 was good um but i i definitely enjoyed super clash 1 because you you had the best of the best on that one uh and um and i really enjoyed it so fans make sure that you go like our facebook page so that you can stay up to date on uh where the binge buster show is doing and where we're going I uh, got some big things in the works. Hopefully, that uh, all that's going to be coming out in the next few weeks. Uh, but going back, fans, uh, just a reminder that uh, Saturday, March the thirteenth, uh, in Lincoln to North Carolina at six thirty-four Center Drive, uh, bell time two p.m. The NAWA's Luck of the Draw, featuring WWE Hall of Famer uh, Boogie Woogie Man Jimmy Valiant, with a special guest appearance. Uh, once in a lifetime, this may never happen again. Hillbilly Charlie Brown and the Moonshine Express taking on AJ Frost and the intern, plus all the stars of the NAWA right there in Lincoln to North Carolina. Uh, and also, you'll uh, come out to that show. You, you can uh, meet uh, the the two biggest podcast superstars and out there right now <laughs> from the world famous binge buster show tony binge and chris plano will be there uh shaking hands and smiling and uh taking pictures and i'm excited about that uh i know chris uh, I, I know before we went on there you uh you told me you couldn't wait to be there and i can't wait to be there it's going to be uh, a happening day right there uh on march the 13th and uh and uh, i'm excited for it Oh my God! I can't wait. Luck of the draw. I'm hoping. I'm hoping Terrific Tony draws a couple of aces thrown at him. Hey, <laughs> this afternoon. I'm, we'll see I'm, what happens. I'm, you never know. I've got my name in the hat, man, and uh, uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, my luck at luck of the draw will be as good as my luck was when I was in Vegas, baby. I'm ready to to, to win that twenty five hundred dollars and give it to Mama so we can go back to Vegas. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's right. Someone, someone, someone is walking out of that building. On Saturday, March thirteenth, in the afternoon, twenty five hundred dollars richer, and uh, they might have some. He might have some people chasing them to the to the car and down the road and everywhere. That's <laughs> right. They're going, but someone's walking out with with um, twenty five one hundred dollar bills, and uh, 
it'll be a lot of fun and uh, and looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm I can't wait to get there. Well, fans, that's that's gonna conclude this week's uh, binge buster show. Uh, we will be back next week. Hopefully, Jeff will be back joining us. And uh, we can't wait to see you. So uh, make sure you go like us on our Facebook page. And we'll see you next week here on the Binge Buster Show. Thank you for listening to the Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.